Blog Talk Radio. Psychically connect to your soul, health, and wellness. Tune in as she brings messages, guidance, and clarity into your life. Hello there, and welcome to Get Into It with Tina Conroy. I am your host, and always so grateful to be here with you today. Feel free to call on the phone line, and that number is 516 387 1936. So the call line will be open and you can listen through that phone line. Also, the Blog Talk Radio chat room feature is available. So if you are near a computer, go to blogtalkradio.com, find my show, get into it with Tina Conroy, and you can find and chat along with us. It is an interactive chat and you feel free to leave questions or just chat along with any observances or anything that you'd like to say. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Today is April 20th, and here we are just about mid-April. If you receive my newsletter, you were aware or getting aware, maybe you knew this, that we are in another retrograde. Oh, no, right? Every time we hear retrograde, we tend to shy a little bit or hide under a rock. So this retrograde is a retrograde for Mars. And interestingly enough, it is a time again with all retrogrades to find a new pace of life. Can you feel the shift? The shift shift has caused many people to suddenly feel exhausted. I don't know about you, but I have been very tired. And so perhaps this is why. Like many retrogrades, this one is encouraging us to slow down rather than push or strain. So usually around the time of a retrograde, it's not the time to push ourselves very hard to to kind of move ourselves into these directions. It's a time to slow down, a time to reflect, a period of inner awareness and turning inward. And when we do that, when we turn in, when we reflect, and we have these periods of time connected to astrology, We are able to handle stressors and conflicts in our life a little bit with ease. And so I hope that if that's where you're finding yourself exhausted and pushing and straining, that you can find some time for yourself. So we have so many things coming through the next couple of weeks, and I just wanted to tell you a little bit about that. Next week, Jen Stock from Jen Stock Designs will be on the show. And Jen Stock, I've been wearing her jewelry, and she's just a beautiful, lovely person. She's so passionate and creative, and she will be on the eighth episode of Women Entrepreneur next week, Wednesday at 1 p.m. May 4th is going to be a fantastic day celebrating women's health, a healthier you at every age. And that is through the Northwell Health Group, the Katz Institute for Women's Health. And it is held in the New York area, if you're in the New York area, the Long Island Marriott Hotel. Now, I am so excited to be part of this. I'm going to be part of the interactive part of the day. It's a full day from 9 to 4. And the co, the person that will be talking will be Arianna Huffington. She'll be the keynote speaker. So if you're interested in that, I will leave some of the information in the chat. So I would love to center like we do every week. So if you can, find a comfortable space, close your eyes, feel your feet on the ground, and take a nice, long, slow, deep breath in. Exhale away. Release your shoulders from your ears, Feel your spine grow tall, and imagine your head suspended with a golden thread or light lifting slightly higher. As your eyes close in and down, allow them to rest inward and toward your heart center. 
And as we reflect on the heart center, we call upon blessings at this time. For all people listening live and later on the recording, we ask for blessings, support. We call upon the angels, Archangels, Spirit Guides, Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Raphael. May you hold us in divine light, surround us, protect us, and support us. And we ask that all our intentions at this time be heard and welcomed. And we say, and so it is. So slowly come back, take another breath in, and exhale. So choosing a card for the show, a universal card for the show and for the week. So the card I've chosen is an animal totem, the frog. And the frog is reminding us, very similar to what we just spoke about, it's about releasing, letting go, slowing down, letting go of emotional baggage, anything that's holding you back, and then cleaning house. And that could literally mean cleaning your physical home and structure, or it may also mean cleaning house, the different relationships that you have that are not serving you, to look at them and to clean up, to reconnect with the things that are serving you or the people and the relationships that are. So very interesting card, the frog. I'm so excited to welcome my guest on. Suzanne Cardinal, ERYT 500, founded Into This World Productions, an event, workshop, training, and seminar production company in 1996 as she was getting ready to graduate from John F. Kennedy University with a master's degree in arts and consciousness. Suzanne developed and directed into this world yoga teacher training that she taught in North Carolina, New York, and California over 10 years. ITWYTT graduates are known for the quality and authenticity of their teaching with a high percentage of them going on to open their own yoga studios. Currently, Suzanne has a few online courses in development and is working on a book, Born on a Yoga Mat. This book follows a single 43-year-old woman as she makes bold and empowered choices on her journey through the fertility world, consciously conceives her son, has an active, healthy pregnancy, and an awesome and, at times, funny home birth. Suzanne lives currently in North Carolina with her family, loves reading, traveling, making art, and music. To receive Suzanne's monthly newsletter, send an email to spiritchanger at earthlink.net. So I just have to tell you that Suzanne is my teacher, and I am so grateful to also call her my friend. She is where I have really embraced and was taught and went through my yoga teacher training. It has been an amazing impact on my life, and I honestly feel that I am so grateful to her for all her her delivery, her experiences that she has shared with me, and that my teaching in the yoga moves forward with her teaching me, the facilitating of the teaching or the community that she has created. I also was honored to assist in some of her programs after my graduation, and they were always wonderful, amazing, life-changing months. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Suzanne on the line. Hey, Suzanne. Hello, Tina. I am so excited to be doing this with you. (laughs) I am so excited, too. I get to chat with you live on the air. How exciting is that? It's great. And one of my most favorite things about teaching is watching where the graduates go with their lives. And I love that you're doing this show. So thank you for having me as your guest today. Thank you. I'm so excited. It's, I have to tell you, it's a little nerve-wracking, you know, teacher-student saying, oh, my teacher's on. Um, so I go back to, oh, wow, 2007, I believe. I, yes, I graduated 2007. And all the many places we've been, haven't we? <laughs> so, um, yes, it brings up a lot of wonderful memories. And I, I really, when, when I was reading that, just reading your bio a little bit and talking about when you mentioned the graduates and the quality and the authenticity, it really is so true. All of us that have graduated have come away with such an experience outside of just 
teaching asana. And that's what I love. And I just continue to love about what you've shared with all of us and you continue to share with who you are. So thank you. (laughs) To me, that's the big why behind it all is to empower people to bring yoga into the world, the true yoga union of body, mind, and spirit in their own way, in their own expression. I love it. So, Let's take the listeners back a little bit, because I always like to do that, um, to take them back to when you were younger, just a little bit of who you were as a child. And, you know, everyone has, some people have stayed kind of their creativity as a child or who they were as a child. And some people have, you know, changed uh, dramatically. So can you give the listeners a little glimpse into your childhood? Well, I was definitely a very active child. I was very kinesthetic, always touching things, always moving, always going, always climbing. My two most favorite things to do as a kid were hanging upside down and climbing things. So I would climb things, hang upside down from them. I was also very creative. I loved music. I loved art. I was writing really early on. I was writing poems and stories. I was very independent. I was a bit inner. I did have friends and play with kids, but I was equally happy to go exploring or discovering or adventuring all by myself. And, yeah, I guess that's it. A lot of what I loved then, I still love now. So it was in there from the very beginning. So you you talk about being upside down. So (laughs) that makes me laugh a little because in yoga, we know we like to be upside down. So you were a yogi right right away, I I guess. (laughs) I I was. I obviously wouldn't have called it that at that time. But, yes, I was definitely an in-my-body playing, being, doing, moving, yeah, and hanging upside down kind of kid. Very cool. And then as take us a little bit. So as you went through, um, you know, got a little bit older and went into college, were you always, did things change? Were you always adventurous or did your focus change? Did you always know what you wanted to do or have, have, you know, take us a little bit into that just to kind of bring us up to present day? So in, in kindergarten, we all had an assignment that was going to be put on the walls for parents day. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I said an artist. So there was always some version of art, music, writing, moving. So that, that's evolved what that's looked like over the years, but one or a few of those things have been in there from the beginning. Uh, in sixth grade, we had a little business class where we had to make things, and that was the first time I thought, aha, uh-huh, running a business is kind of interesting. And it kind of came and went and passed by, and I noticed it, but didn't come back until much later. I did not do college the way most people do it. After high school, I went off on my own for a while. I was working in sound engineering for some music festivals, and I, was, I went through a very competitive high school. When I was done, I just said to myself, if college is the best way or the only way to do what I want to do, I will do it, and if not, I didn't feel I needed to at that moment. So later on in life, about 10 years after high school, I went to college and grad school at the same time. So at wow. that point, I had, I had already done a bunch of internships. I had already done a bunch of learning mostly in the music and festival world. Uh, so, yeah, so the, the independent track, the creative track, that's gone through. And I learned a lot by learning, by doing things with people that do it well. So in that sense, I was training myself to be a business owner, but I did not have that conscious plan in the whole beginning of that. I kind of sort of figured that out after many years into, like, oh, I'm collecting these skills and learning about this part of the world and how things work here. So in in the event planning, was that something that you – so you created – I know you worked with some music and some large events, and you still – you did a lot of events, like productions. So were you able to – was that – was that something new for you? Did you just did you feel that okay, this is something I can kind of formulate and and create and kind of bring organizations together? I mean, because I I think of I met you after that period of time. I mean, even though you were still doing that uh, with the coming together of community and the yoga teacher training. So, would you say that would be one of your sphere of influences to move towards creating the teacher training? It definitely evolved into that. So I started out doing sound and lighting, and then I did some more production work and stage management and performer hospitality. And by the time I was seeing how a whole event ran from the bigger picture perspective, that's when I was also in grad school, and that's when I launched my business. So then from there, after doing some more straightforward production-type work in events, then I started doing more workshop and seminar production. So that started through a back door. I was already in the event scene, then I would help people write curriculum for their conference or that type of thing. So I had been doing workshops and seminars where I contributed a piece to someone else's thing or someone else's program. 
And then eventually I started thinking, hmm, all the things that I liked that were on the side that weren't in my business, things like yoga, things like doing Reiki, I started realizing, hmm, what would it be like to come up with the programs? And eventually after teaching yoga for a while, I decided to focus my company more on workshop and seminar production. And as you know, the biggest thing developed within that was the Into This World Yoga Teacher Training. Now, did you? when did you experience yoga for yourself? So when was your personal connection to yoga? Uh, the first time I ever did yoga, I was 15. I was in a high school gym class, and it was in a wrestling gym. <laughs> so there were some mixed experiences around that whole gym smell right. thing and other factors. But even within that, I loved it. Day one, minute one, loved it. My body just did it. The teacher was doing all these positions, and there were kids around me complaining. And if you remember, as an inner kind of child, it was really pretty easy for me to just close my eyes, feel my body, and just do it. And and from the very first time, it felt like I had always done it. My body knew what it was. But yet I was a teenager, and so I didn't stick with it from the beginning. So it was in there since 15. At 18, I had a horseback riding accident, and that's where I really committed to yoga as part of the rehab. So from 18 on to now which is about 30 years later, I've had a pretty consistent yoga practice, which has looked different over the years, but it's always been there in some form. Right. And I want to just share with, with the listeners, because I know there's a lot of past graduates that are listening. I've been getting text messages and Facebook messages. When is Suzanne on? I want to make sure I, I, I get a hold or listen to later on the recording. And um, what I love, one of, one of the biggest things, that's, that so many things stand out in the program, in the yoga teacher training program that you ran but it was three minutes on the mat. And so I share that with a lot, of my, a lot of my students and a lot of my clients in the healing world as well is showing up for yourself. So can you just talk a little bit about that? Because that left a big impression not only on me but on many, many graduates. So um, can you share that? So, so yes, I, I give an assignment to everyone in the yoga teacher training starting the first weekend so the program is eight weekends over eight months. It's one weekend a month for eight months. And as you know, lots of homework for you all in the middle of that. Yeah. So one of the assignments starting weekend one and continuously goes through every month that we meet is to get on your yoga mat three minutes a day every day. And that's pretty strategic because no matter how busy someone is or stressed or what's going on or what's important or not, no matter any of the surface level story stuff, everyone can find three minutes. So it's that commitment, and there's a few things that happen with that commitment. So the first one is you take out a physical mat. It's an object, right? So you take it out, and you're staking out your physical space. So there's something in you every single day by that action of saying, this is my time, this is my space, and then you consciously step on it. So that practice builds layer upon layer upon layer of commitment to both yourself and spiritual practice. And then the next thing that happens for people is – if someone only has three minutes, now granted, most people can extend it and do extend it as they can, but the assignment is three minutes and every day. So then they've stepped onto their mat. The next thing that comes up for people is, what do I need? It's that checking in inside. What am I going to do for myself for three minutes? And it might be shavasana, the relaxation pose for three minutes. It might be warm-ups. It might be working with a certain part of their body. But, but the real, the deeper level practice is, taking that time saying, I will step on, I will step up, show up for myself every day, and I will check in inside and say, what do I need today? Well, I have to tell you that that left such an impression, and I remember on the competitive nature, I know I believe there were seven people in my in my class that we tried to get 100%, which I don't think we did. Did anybody ever get 100%, Suzanne, in eight months? It was about 50-50. So I've taught 12 groups, right? So 12 different eight-month-long cycles of groups that have come through this. And about half of those groups got 100%, meaning every person in the group did it every day for a whole month. And about half of the groups did not. But all of the groups learned from it and have continued that as an ongoing practice. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it made such an impression that later on, even now, even when I went through different um, health things in my life, I would just say, I'm going to roll out the mat and I'm going to just sit on the mat or lay on the mat. Sometimes I journal on the mat, you know, stay in Shavasana. But it's become, it really truly has grounded me and grounded my practice and been part of my spiritual practice. And, and I, I thank you for that because I never would have had that experience and um, 
also it's very tactile, you know, to open up the mat and to actually have a physical sacred space, you know, to sit on it and to show up for ourselves. And sometimes it's challenging, you know, and I can speak for myself that sometimes in the good times or when things are feeling good, it's a little bit easier, but sometimes it's a little bit more challenging when things are not going so well, but that's obviously when we need it the most, but it's still that committed practice. And, and again, really showing up, up for yourself. So I don't think we've ever had this in-depth conversation about it, but I need to thank you from the bottom of my heart about that. So um, I, and I share that with a lot, a lot of people. Um, I do share that with some of my students just to show up and just to come to the mat. And I actually have a student right now who um, comes to my regular practice, my yoga practice. And she was just, she's going to be fine, but she was just diagnosed with um, breast cancer. And she has decided to do a double mastectomy. And she pulled me aside last week and said, look, I'm not going to be able to do a lot, but I need to come to your class. And I looked her straight in the eye and I said, you are coming to my class and you will do sit and do whatever you need to do and, and you will show up for yourself. And we made such a connection and I know that you'll follow through with it. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you for sending it out into the world through you in that way. Thank you. So growing up, Let's, so who would you say were some of your influencers? And they could be, it could be family. It may not be family. It could be somebody, you know, spiritual or teacher. Who, who do you feel has really influenced your life? Um, and it, it may be different people because I'm sure as different phases of your life, there may be different people involved. There were definitely a lot of people that have influenced my life. But as I reflected on this question, I was thinking of who influenced me in a way that was related to then starting a business. And when I thought of it that way, one of the people that comes to mind immediately is my sixth grade teacher. His name is Mr. Morisco. And he really worked with individual kids in the class in a way that I don't see very much in a public school system. But one of the things that he had going was a project called Businesses, where I think it was on Friday morning. I'm not 100% sure on the day. But once a week, we would each set up a little business. So partly I love that that even existed, that he was teaching us some real-world stuff. So we talked about supplies and the expenses of doing it and how people – choose what they want to buy and, and all of that, and then the difference between profit and just getting cash flow. And, and I was amazed. To me, that was a whole world that opened up. But to me, it was the teacher's facilitation that made that interesting to me. It wasn't just concepts. It was the activity of actually doing it. So he was one of them. My mother was definitely a big influence growing up. In a lot of ways, my mother is very social, and she's a big talker. I know you know that. So <laughs> I was not naturally that way. And a lot of what she talked about I didn't pay that much attention to, but I loved watching her connect with people. She can talk to anyone in any situation, any day, any night, any anywhere. So I watched that, and I have that in there somewhere. It's not always the first thing that comes out or always what I love to do, but she definitely just watching her with people and how people would be at ease around her, and she'd be funny, and she'd always come up with, out of all the many things she could say, some story that was interesting to them. Uh, so I loved that. Uh, I have an uncle who happens to be my mother's brother. He was an influence. He was also my godfather. Uh, he's had a career where he's just done many spectacular things. Uh, he had most of his career with DuPont, and he has some patents on all kinds of fibers and things that influence the world and the culture at large. So just the idea that someone can work in the world and one person's idea can get made into an actual thing that goes out into the world was fascinating to me, just how someone does their personal work and then to watch the ripple, the ripple, the ripple of it going out and influencing and being used by people was a big thing. And then as I got older and started working more in the events industry, then a lot of my influences were musicians or people that I knew or people that I worked with to watch what a creative life looked like. So again, that same concept of how someone's inner or inner thing, just one person doing their little thing because they want to, because they love it, and then something exists outside of that person that they send out. Right. So the theme, it sounds that really the big influence that it seems of the theme for you was having an impact on the world. So for your mom, it was conversation. And I can say she can really converse. Um, <laughs> she I mean, I, I don't I, I know she's I don't know if she's listening to this, but, you know, she really had welcomed me in and she really can talk to anybody. And she's so welcoming and loving, even when I sprung it on her. <laughs> that I was in North Carolina. Um, it really was 
we really had a wonderful time and she made me feel so at ease and, and exactly. So that theme of just being able to impact the world and the ripple effect, like your uncle, you're saying, you know, the patent and then creating an idea and taking this idea and actually making it tangible. And then your school teacher, not just reading in a book, but again, tangible that you can actually create a business and know about money and, and things like that. So it all had a, um, I guess it just kind of built on itself as, as you went through. And then, you know, obviously all the event planners and musicians and stuff. So that's very cool. So, so that to me is what's behind the business name itself, Into This World Productions. So the idea of taking the transcendence, the connection with source, the connection with spirit, and letting it flow through into something, right? So making the transcendent imminent, making it show up. What does it look like when it comes through a person and then what's left or what's shared or what comes out from that person that is not them, that is through them? Oh, that's fair. You know what? I love that. I mean, I love the way you just explained it because as all of us have gone through the program and many other programs that you're in development, we come through with obviously all that material that we've received and downloaded from you and had facilitation, but then we have us to kind of bring it forth into the world and how I host a radio show and someone else may open a yoga studio and someone else may, you know, do other things. That's our gift that we've kind of allowed ourselves to kind of bring in and then flow out. So, well, that's, that is cooler than cool because you, it's just kind of the way you, the into um, makes a lot more sense now. So see all these things I'm learning that I didn't know about you (laughs) and how many years has it been? (laughs) You see how continuous this thread is and how it just evolves. Exactly. Exactly. There's more to come. That's right. There's more to come. So, Tell us about, um, let's take us up a little bit to present day. Um, As we talk about women and entrepreneurs, and I know we talked a little offline on this, that, you know, to, I'm finding a lot with these series. I started out, it was going to be a month series, and it's turned into a three-month series. And I realized that I have a lot of women around me that um, influence me and I influence, influence them. And we have a common, we have a common, thread and the common thread is building a business in our different realms and then how we can support each other so when you started your own company and did you feel that um did you have fear around that or was it just like was it one of these processes that evolved or like was it a download like this is what i'm going to do or you know like how did there's a usually there's a lot of fear for people just to start something I actually did not have that experience in the beginning of my business. There were different moments along the past 20 years where that's creeped in teeny bits. But in the beginning, I had zero fear at all, partly because I was still in graduate school, and I still had about eight months left. So I was still in the mode of just happy where I was, surrounded by creativity, art, peers, people. And there was no pressing need for it to have to work right then because I was mostly a full-time student right then. So I did start it with intention, but I started it based on the things that I love to do, and I started it in a very part-time way. So I had the eight months for it to evolve into something all of its own accord without having a hard and fast, you know, need to make this much money by this date or need to, right? So I was so in another mode and another headset that it just came from, this is what I like, I'm going to incorporate. And, and the mm-hmm. decision to incorporate was basically the decision that this will be my long-term vehicle, that I wasn't planning on working for someone else when I was done, that I was going to come up with some way to put all my skills and talents together in a way that I could put them out as a gift. But I didn't have a real, like, if I knew then what I knew now about business plans, the whole thing would have been different. And there might have been more fear, but there also might have been more financial success in the beginning. But it's just, it it was an evolution. It was a gentle, natural, gradual building evolution. Nice, nice. Because a lot of times, you know, I'll hear that um so i guess it was a time in your life and then also some people just have you know they they're able to work with fear or have less fear you know so like you said there may have been other things that have crept up over the years but if you had that experience back then maybe you're right maybe financially in the beginning it would have been different but it also wouldn't be where you are now so obviously we all believe in divine timing and so that period in your life you were sort of it was sort of like 
you were just open to it. It, it sounds like it just evolved and the fear, there really was no fear. You just kind of went with the flow and just allowed yourself to just keep being creative. And, but you did know that you wanted something of your own. You didn't want to work for someone else. And so that, that was a, that was a conscious thought. So you kept that thread. Yeah, from really, really early on, hence part of the not going to college right away, the whole idea of learning with someone that does something well, I would as best as possible, starting even as a teenager, even way before graduating high school, I would work to learn a skill or I would work to learn what that little part of the world was like or I would work to learn how someone who's an artist runs their day or runs their life or runs their studio or sets up their space. So I would put myself into those work situations some of them were internships, some of them were paid, but even when I was doing an actual paid job, I would be responsible, I would show up, I would do all the things that I committed to doing, but I wasn't there to work for the money. Like To me, that was mm-hmm. the byproduct of following the thread of what am I building towards, Right, that I was collecting different skills at different times as they interested me, and eventually I had enough that it all came together in this web that was the vehicle of my own business. Nice. Really nice. Yeah. So that's, that's a, that's sometimes a very, it's, it's very yogic, (laughs) right? Like, I mean, there's other people I've spoken to and it's very systematic. You know, I went to school and then I got my master's and then I da 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 da. But you know, yours from just hearing you and, and knowing you, it's, it, you just, you embodied all of that. You embodied that spirit, mind, body connection, and were able to just follow through with that and, and keep that throughout your life and even into even in today even into present day so take us we're going to jump a little bit to where we are now and you know we talk a lot about as women balancing personal and you know work time and family time and um, I know you're a mom now and I had the pleasure of, of meeting your son so what would you say what helps you with balance what helps you with balance between that time I, I will answer that before getting to that Back to what we were talking about, the balance between I came to the business in the way that was the most natural way for me that matched my personality the best. But the flip side of that was I had to do more work to get some organized structures, to learn certain skills, to learn bookkeeping, to learn the things that didn't come as naturally. So balance used to look a lot different before I was a mother than it does now. So I I looked at even your title, the Women Entrepreneur Series. And to me, there's women entrepreneurs and then there's mother entrepreneurs. And those are two potentially very different things there. Right. So before my son, the work-life balance would be easy because that would partly be I would choose projects. That to me is part of working for yourself. So I would choose projects that I wanted to commit to and I'd have them on the calendar in advance and I would know when my working times were and when my non-working times were. Now that all looks different, I'm also a single mother of my son, so that's a whole different other area of life. So now most of my work hours, I cut down a lot. I was planning on staying home with him for a year and a half to two years without working, which mostly went that way. And now I'm I'm easing into more and more, and it's kind of creeped up as he's getting older. He's almost four at this point. So I'm working in his sleeping hours. So most of what I'm doing is writing Uh, organizing, going through curriculum, restructuring. I'm taking a lot of what I've built over the last 20 years and repackaging some of that in a way that can be online classes, Uh, things in areas like conflict resolution, stress management. So some takeaways from the programs that I've built and redoing it. But I made the choices. So part of the balance to me is making a choice with something that can work with my bigger values and what my day looks like. So part of the balance is saying, what do I want to do in my day? And at this point, with one young child, I want to spend most of my day with him, teaching him, being with him, sharing experiences with him. And I, I thought I could go a, lo- a bit longer than I did without working in this sense of my business. But that's definitely calling and coming through me. So I had to pick some way to do it. And the way that I do it is during his sleeping hours. So is that most of your answer? No, it is. It is. And it's interesting that you... It's interesting, and and you don't even know this because I know we've been you know 
we haven't actually spoke about it, but when you talked about, you know, it's very different between women entrepreneurs and, and mom, you know, and mom. And one of the programming that I'm working on, which I haven't really shared too much, I'm working on what I call a 90 day program, which is mindful mompreneurs and mm-hmm. take and it's still in the process. It's going to be perhaps online or one-on-one in person. It's still in the works, but I see there is a difference between the women entrepreneur and the mom, I call them mompreneurs. And my 90 day program is going to be a, you know, a package where it takes you through four weeks, you know, three, four week series um, to, to find the balance and to work on self because I'm finding more and more mompreneurs that, um, you know, you have the tools. And so you may not fall into this particular, you know, situation, but there's so many people that are just not giving to themselves, don't have the mindful tools, don't have the yoga, don't have the mindful yoga, the, um, the breathing, uh, different things such as, you know, tapping and things that I'll be teaching. So it's funny you said that because, you know, we're very intuitively in sync. (laughs) And, and, you know, that when you said that as much as I have all the tools, I absolutely do fall into that same thing that everyone else does because there's not enough time that, especially with one parent, right? There's pretty much no one that's, having him for part of the day every day at this moment. So to me, the balance is, so I have it, but I have to really, really, really consciously tell myself to do it, right? So a quote that I've used in the program that I've been working with, it's like, okay, I'm my own teacher. I know this is there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. Mm -hmm. And to actually have the minutes to do that, right, it's, I'm getting better at that over the years. But one thing I found that does help with that balance is to use small periods of time and to really fully soak in something that's for me. So, And again, a lot of that happens in the sleeping hours. So recently I've been doing, I call it bathtub therapy. Wondrous bath products, huge bathtub with bubbles, 10 minutes, and that 10 minutes is my 10 minutes. And it might happen at 11 o'clock at night and I might rather sleep, but to actually do it, the same idea as getting on the mat is to do something every day. So very often it's a late night something. It might be that. It might be I have a lot of friends in California where I used to live. So if it's midnight here, it's 9 p.m. there. So, again, I can do that after my son is sleeping, but to have a phone call with a really good friend every night or to do something every night that's a specifically just for fun, just for me, just because it feels good thing. Right. So a lot of a lot of self-care, you're building self-care for you into the day and it may look different each day because your block of time might change with nap time or, you know, obviously wanting to be with him as much as you can, but you are building those practices into each day to help you with the balance. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and yeah. it's also taken a while to get to that. Right. Right. Well, it's always this, what, you know, I mean, there's that word again, practice, right? Cause we're always practicing and, you know, I'm the same way. Like I tend to, try to make blocks of time for the tasks that I need to do. So like, you know, block of time where now my children are much older, so I may not have them right, you know, under my feet, but there's still other things to do. And I have, you know, okay, I set this block for two hours and then, but if I don't build in, you know, walk the walk and talk the talk, build in the self-care, turn off, you know, the devices and the computers and that, that's another whole thing. But um, allow myself to get the good amount of sleep and get healthy sleep and things like that, or, you know, build those into my day too. So, but it, it, it's practice because there are times that I do find, find out of balance. I haven't given to myself what I needed. My sleep may be off because I stayed up too late or, you know, maybe made a, not such a great choice with, you know, that second cup of coffee, what have you. So it is a, it's a learning. So, but, um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing that with with everybody, and how you're able, you know, working with that and and so forth. So let's take us to present day because I know you have some exciting things in the works. Um, share with us. Um, I know you're currently working on some online courses that you said, and um, I would love for you to share your next venture. Um, I know you're writing, so do you want to yeah. share a little bit of that? So. The biggest project that I'm working on at this moment is the book. It's Born on a Yoga Mat, so it's the true, it's my true story and my son. And the whole journey of how to do that, of how to call in a person, right? To, so from the spirit realm, from talking to him in that way, from picturing being a mother, from the idea of it and how it came into feelings and came into physical world. And, and to me, that was almost like the PhD of spiritual practice, of all these things that I learned 
of how does someone hold all of that within themselves and act in an empowered way in the world when the world that I was in was not functioning from that place. So, for example, a lot of women over 40, if they go to a fertility doctor, hear things like, well, you might want to think about IVF or you might want to think about donor eggs or you might want to, right? So I'm glad all that exists and there are times when that is truly needed for an individual person. But to me, to use everything about what I did want, how to be healthy, how to go after a vision and to not get sucked into the atmosphere of the world that I was in was huge. It was a huge putting together of a lot of things that I had learned over the years to really feel in each moment, in each choice, in each cycle, Right. what feels authentic, where is my energy truly, where is my guidance truly, and and how to act and make choices and have conversations when my inner guidance was so strong and also so in direct opposition to what I was being told on the outside. So that writing process is a way to get those lessons and that sharing of that story out to women that I think will help in, in more than one area of life, but definitely anyone going through a fertility journey or getting ready to be a parent or getting ready to launch, right? So it might be a child that's coming through a person, but it might be a business that's coming through a person, or it might be a relationship that's coming through. Whatever it is that's coming through for that woman at that point in her life, that balance of how to function from the inside when the outside doesn't match the inside was a huge, big life lesson. And some of the learnings of that, even though I have walked through and acted in a way that that felt good to me, I'm still getting some of the insights after the fact. Like, oh, that's why that happened, or that's why that went that way. So in the writing process now, I'm coming to a writer's conference in June, the Santa Barbara Writer's Conference, my most favorite one anywhere, and planning on going into that with sample chapters with enough work in progress uh, starting to get ready to talk to some agents. And so that's the biggest thing that's up. Uh, if people want to follow what's going on with the programs that I'm launching and that, I'm also starting a newsletter with a June 1st launch date. So starting on June 1st, there will be some things that are ways to contribute, you know, articles, pieces, book pages that can be shareable with whoever's interested along the way before the book is done. Well, that's great. And how would I think I said it uh, earlier, but it is spiritchanger at earthlink.net. That'll be the newsletter. Will that that's be it? Be, if, if someone wants to be on the mailing list for the newsletter, they can write me an email to spiritchanger at earthlink.net and just say, mm-hmm. please add to newsletter or please add to list. Great. So, June 1st, launch date, first one coming up. I'll have some fun little columns and deliverables and travel stories. And, but each one, so like the story of the three minutes on the map. So if I tell the story of starting that, there'll still be something left for the person to do in their life. So each time they read something that's currently that I'm talking about, they'll be left with an option of a practice for them. Oh, very good. Oh, I like that. I can't wait for that. That's awesome. I'm so excited. And you're going <laughs> to so so this is really on the this is really another birth, right? I mean, really as you were talking about it, I was thinking that um there's so many things as creative as female and that consciousness, um, creativity. So, um, yes, and birthing through you. So birthing this book and going through the process and looking for the right venue and the people that will support it. And so um, that's terrific. That's great. And I, 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 I can't wait to read it. I know bits and pieces, but I'm sure, as you said, it's going to be um, – Awesome and funny at the same time, <laughs> and uh, and amazing. Yeah, and the book to me is the balance. I did the full-on moving fast, moving through the world, traveling business owner thing, and then I pendulum swung to the stay-at-home mom thing. And this to me is is the middle road of how to balance both of them into the same life. Is as an author and putting out what I've known and what I've done in other forms, right, in a way that I can work and be present with my child. Right, which is just. So, because it goes so fast, and you know how my kids are growing like wildfire, 22 and 18, and so I can honestly say that, you know, I had kids so much younger, but it's like a blur, you know. And it, I think it's it can be like that for anybody, but to to be able to do what you to really take the time now, and you knew that you you know wanted to give it um, the time that you could, and and this in between of you know while well, he naps and working on the book, so this transitionary time is, uh, is very precious as well. 
So we're getting close to wrapping up, but I want to, before we kind of do that, I want to just, you know, we've talked about a lot of things and a lot of the things have been covered, but if you had some, and you talked about self-care and balancing. So again, we may have covered them, but if you could share any top tools or takeaways with other women that are in a business, um, and some people, you know, just starting out in business or just, just a business for themselves that have just created something, um, what, what would you say? I would say a few things, but probably the top one would be what do you love to do? And then to translate that into your actual day, what do you want your days to look like? Right? So people can have many good ideas for business, but if they don't want their days to look like getting on an airplane every week or right so to really think through the business idea and match it to what do they personally love to do and they want their life to look like that and then from that point developing something of quality getting as good as humanly possible at whatever their thing is to put it out as a gift right so so to take their get to so as you were sort of um going through your process and learning different skills and kind of putting them together to create, you know, like you said, you were learning different skills, different times to kind of put together all these processes for the future. So to have, you know, once they look at uh, what they love to do, how do they want to spend their days or how do they want to see their, you know, how their life wants to look and then to kind of really get those skills to acquire that or or pull that all together. So that's, those right. are great, right. yeah. And, and to also only put out something that they're really truly confident about. So if someone has three product ideas or three service ideas, to really choose one, one that they love, one that they're great at, get really, really, really good at that, put it out, then once that's stable and up and running, then at that point, then look at their next one. So instead of doing ten things halfway, to to focus, to let each one of them have a life, to let each one of them have an evolution, to let each one of them build to the point that it's really ready to go out in a way that can serve. And then once it's up and running and has its own legs, then it might be time for the next thing to come through. All right. Great. Really great um, advice. Really great. I love those tools. I love them. I learn something all the time on these shows. So I'm always amazed by by all the (laughs) feedback. And then I always like to ask, what book are you reading at the moment or a book that has inspired you? And it could be both or, you know, one or the other. That's probably the most challenging for me because I (laughs) love to read and I love to write. So to me, I'm always reading whatever interests me at the moment. Uh, Currently, I'm reading a book that's about different spiritual practices around the world, and many of the books overlap with each other. And I've also gotten to the point that I don't read complete books anymore. I only read for what jumps out at me that serves me at that time, either personally or professionally or as a parent. So recently I read part of the book, The Bliss Experiment, not all of it. Uh, currently um, reading part of, or I might get all the way through this one, I'm a little more connecting with this one, Essential Spirituality. So some of it is where is someone at in their life and what jumps out at them. Uh, there are some classics that I do keep going back to over the years that are worth mentioning. One is The Seven Habit- Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, one of them, as you very well know this one, Yoga on the Quest for the True Self by Stephen Cope. There is so much in that book. I've used that as the main textbook for the Enter This World Yoga Teacher Training. I've read that book probably 15 times in its entirety, and every single time I get something else out of it. So anyone who's at all drawn to yoga in any way as a student, teacher, or otherwise, I would highly recommend Yoga and the Quest for the True Self. Uh, I also love poem books by Dana Falds. It's D-A-N-N-A, Falds. Uh, her original one, it's the first of about six of them at this point, is called Poems from the Heart of Yoga. That's the subtitle. Uh, Go in and in, Poems from the Heart of Yoga. So to me... The ones that I go back to are ones that I can keep coming to wherever I am at that point in my life and find something new. But there's always something or three others in process also. Right. I'm kind of like you. I read a lot of different books at one time. I drive my husband crazy because he'll read one book and finish the book. And I'm reading three books. Don't always finish them, but I'm very happy. Um, But the one thing I want to share with you, and I don't know if if you caught it today, is that on my newsletter, I used a quote from Stephen Cope. And the quote says, yoga actually begins to change the body by re-educating the brain, Stephen Cope. And um, it was, that was an amazing, and again, that book as our, 
as our textbook for the for the class. I've gone back to that book many, many, many times, and um, it's it's just it's one of those great books to always refer back to and to and to read. So I love that. Well, I cannot believe how fast our show has gone, and I, I definitely am going to have you back when the book is. Um, burst and we want to get you back for the listeners to really talk more in detail about the book and where they can find the book. But until then, um, I hope they can come and follow you and reach out to you for your monthly newsletter. And it's going to be, it just seems like there's just so many, many possibilities ahead for you to, to, to share, continue to share your light and to bring forth all these new courses and development and the book. So, um, Thank you so much for all that you've done for all and so many people. And I'm speaking for so many people that have reached out to me today in the last two days, uh, past graduates that are really East Coast and West Coast. Um, and I've had the pleasure to be in both places with you and really around the globe to um, that they were so excited that you were going to be on and to share. So thank you so much, Suzanne, for all that you do. You're welcome, and thank you so much for all that you do. And to each person listening, each one of you, let it come through you, let it shine from you, and big, 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 huge blessings to each of you. Thank you so much. Well, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thanks again. Okay. Namaste. Namaste. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I always say this, but have to say it again. It always goes way too fast. Um, what a wonderful show. If you were listening live, you're going to want to listen again. It was great. There were so many, many insights and so many ways that we can find that self-care and balance. So please, even if you listen to it live, go back and listen on the recording. Um, all my shows are recorded, and there's a whole bunch of ways that you can listen to me. You can listen right here on the link through blogtalkradio.com. You can go on iTunes and subscribe to my show. It's so easy. Just find that podcast link on your smartphone. Find my show. I have about almost 50 shows at this point, and so you can get all new updates. And I look forward to coming to you again next week. Again, I'm going to be having Jen Stock from Jen Stock Designs. She creates jewelry and passionate jewelry for conscious, spiritual people, all people, men and women. And also May 4th, just big reminder to join me May 4th, celebrating women's health with keynote speaker Ariana Huffington. And I'll be talking more about that in the next couple of weeks. Until then, I hope you have a blessed day. Namaste.